Good morning, everyone. I'm not sure how to follow that um, because I was going to, my opening line I added because I'm like, wow, can you just believe that prayer that Marie just prayed? But let's go back. I mean, remember the announcement, but go back to that prayer that Marie prayed. And there's one line in it that just jumped out. And yeah, we're talking about revival and we want revival, but she said, before revival, we need Jesus, amen? And I love that we're in this series on Jesus is. I mean, in our lives, it, it, we know we need Jesus. It seems like an obvious thing. We need Jesus. But when we start learning about who Jesus is, we realize that Jesus as healer, Jesus as someone who brings change, Jesus who is love, all of these things about Jesus, who Jesus is, is exactly what we need in our world today. I'm going to say that again. Everything that Jesus is, is what we need every day. And as we are continuing in this series, we get to talk about peace. When I first thought about peace, I don't know, maybe I go back to high school English and I think about the book War and Peace. Uh, but whenever I think about peace, I think of the opposite as war. But that's not always the case. When we look at the reasons we need peace, sometimes it's not always those big battles. In fact, when we look at the opposite of peace being discord, maybe things just don't line up exactly how they need to, or trouble, unrest, we start seeing more areas in our life that probably could use some peace. Don't get me wrong. There may be a battle, a war going on in your life today. Maybe there's just a relationship where every time there's an interaction, there's tension. You pick sides. It's pulling you apart. Maybe there is a spiritual war going on in your life. Battles are real, and peace needs to happen in those. But for a lot of us, we're probably just thinking right now, well, maybe, maybe there's just a little, a little discord going on at work right now. Or there's some tensions going on with, with two of my kids, and it's not, not terrible, but there definitely needs to be some peace today. Whatever is going on in your life, I want you to look at all the areas in your life and say, where could I use Jesus as peace today? And as we go to Scripture, whether you are in your Bibles, on your phones, or on the screens, we are going to be in Mark chapter 4. So we're going to turn or scroll to Mark chapter 4. And before we get into the Word of God, just one more time, I want us to bow our heads and hearts before him. Will you go with the Lord and pray with me? God, this is your house, and we are your people. And Lord, right now we just say, speak. Your servants are listening. Lord, may these be your words that we hear today. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Mark chapter 4. If you are following along in Scripture, we are going to start at verse 35, and it says this. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in a boat, and they started out, leaving the crowds behind, although some boats followed. 
But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Let's pause right here. Now, it's important to note that they left at evening, but I want us to, to put on the, I guess usually you say, you know, put on the shoes, but we'll put on the sandals of the disciples. Let's imagine that we are one of Jesus' disciples today. He just spent the whole day teaching. He was teaching to crowds. In fact, so many people that you were in a boat earlier with him because old school microphone, he would get out on a boat. The words would hit the water and reflect back to those listening on shore. He was teaching, and then he'd lean over to you and tell you secrets, tell you things about the kingdom of God. You were learning things. Everyone was hearing him. This was an anointed day. And as the day goes on, I mean, they start, and it keeps going and going, and then evening starts rolling around. And now Jesus says, we're going to go to the other side. <laughs> Who cares if you're tired? Who cares if you're like, Jesus, we already were on the boat earlier. Like, Jesus says we're going there. Guess what? We're probably going to go to the other side. So you get the boat ready, and you start going in that boat. And as you get in the boat, um, for all intensive purposes, this is our boat for today. This was not the same type of boat they would have used back then. Would have been a little bigger, would have had a sail. The tech team would have been super mad if I took up any more square footage on stage. So once again, we're going to imagine this is the sure. boat today. And as we are in this boat, Jesus is saying that we are going to cross the sea of Galilee. There's some things we need to know about the Sea of Galilee. We need to look at the, the cultural context of this. The reason they left in evening was because the Sea of Galilee was so perfectly or imperfectly positioned where all around it are cliffs and hills, and then it drops off into this like low basin where the Sea of Galilee is. That would mean that if wind came off the hills and blew over from one way and another, it would meet in the middle at this low point in the lake and just cause these massive storms. Like if you have seen uh, the movie The Perfect Storm, like imagine that, not just a nice little rainstorm, like you're getting a downpour. The waves are wild, it's terrible to, to, to sail across in, so a lot of people would go overnight because there was less chance of a storm. But if you go over at night, and then one of those storms comes, you're basically a goner. It's not like you can see it coming. So there was some risk, but it seemed like the safer bet for them to take the trip at night. And Jesus says, this is where we are going. And then a storm happens. You are with the one who knows everything. So you got to think Jesus is on the inside here. That he knows what's coming, but his disciples, they get in the boat. They're just following Jesus. They're like, okay, you want to go to the other side, Jesus? We're going to the other side. And then as they go, the storm hits. And this isn't just any storm. A lot of them were fishermen. They knew how to navigate water. This was a massive storm. In fact, the Greek word that they use here is called lilaps. Not lilacs, but lilaps. 
And it's only used twice in the whole New Testament. It's used right here in Mark chapter 4. And it's also used in Luke 8, where Luke is talking about this exact same storm. Like the disciples knew this was a biggie. As they were on the water, the perfect storm hit. But here's the thing. Jesus said, we're going there. Jesus gave them the destination. He said, we are going. And sometimes in our lives, we just, we get so caught up in what happens on our journey that we start losing our peace because of some of the roadblocks and some of the things that pop up. And as we are following Jesus, and as we just want to obey him and, and go where he leads, there's a few things that we need to remember. And the first is this, that we need to remember our destination. The first thing is that we need to remember our destination. Jesus gives us a destination. He gave his disciples the destination. He said, we are going to the other side. The disciples said, great, let's get in the boat. We're following what Jesus says. But how often in our lives are we like, okay, Jesus, I know you're leading me over there, but I'm not really a, a boat kind of guy. I really like land. In fact, I'm really comfortable where I am right now. Jesus, I know that you're calling me into a conversation with someone at work about faith. But we usually stick to, to sports, family, and what we're working on today. We stick to those topics. Why would, I, why would I venture off into anything else? God, you're calling me to a new job or an opportunity, and I've been at my job for so long. Like, I know what I'm doing. I'm getting paid well. I like my office. But God, why are you calling me to something else? When we look at these moments, Jesus is trying to give us a destination. And sometimes we're like, I really like where I am right now. Sometimes we need to just listen to where God is trying to say, but here's where I want to take you. You might be paddling this way, but I have a new destination for you. Are you going to trust me in that? When we pick up in verse 38, the disciples, they learn a little more. And in verse 38, it starts by saying this, Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Then the disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we are going to drown? They were so scared. The wind is pounding. The storm is raging. Water is coming over the boat. These are fishermen. These are people that are used to being in the water. And now they're like, I don't know what to do. We need Jesus. But Jesus gave him this destination. Like, okay, Jesus, why would you send us out here when this storm is happening right now? They go over to Jesus, and it's not the nice little, hey, good morning, sleepyhead. I, I know it probably feels like you're on a waterbed, but you're not. Like, there's a little bit of rain. No, they go to him and say, Jesus, we're dying. Why don't you care about us? They wake Jesus up. 
And they're so concerned. They say, don't you even care? And how many times in our lives have we gone to Jesus saying, I am going through this right now. God, don't you even care? God, I love you and I want to follow you, but I'm in this storm right now. Don't you care that I'm here? Why am I going through this? Why is this storm happening? Lord, look at my marriage or my business. It is falling apart. Why aren't you doing anything about it? Don't you care? God, I just went to the doctors and I've been praying for healing for so long and I know you can heal, but I still got a bad diagnosis. Don't you care? God, I am having some money issues and I know I might have prayed to make it rain, but you're doing it in the wrong way. Don't you even care? Sometimes we can relate too well to the disciples in that moment and say, God, I'm going through this storm right now. Don't you care? But there's something we need to remember here, that even in our storms, we need to remember that God cares for us. Even in the storms of life, remember who cares for you. A couple years back, I had an opportunity to speak at the Muskegon Correctional Facility with a prison fellowship team. Now, they do this on a weekly basis. They, they grab uh, different teachers and talkers, and they bring them to a faith-based unit in the prisons where they have a worship service for the guys. So I was excited to go, 100% honest. I wasn't, like, fully settled in my spirit, but I had an overall sense of calm. We'll say it was, like, 90-10. We get there, we start the process of checking in, and we take a seat, and I, in, in my mind, it's, it's like just after we took a seat, the prison went on lockdown. We're going to say it's more like 70-30 now. Starting to lose a bit of that calm, but we're just sitting there and just waiting to see what happens next. And, and as we're in that moment, I'm looking at the clock, and I'm like, okay, we should be getting started with the service sometime about now. Are we getting a little late? Like, what's going to happen? My mind says, okay, well, we can just leave. That's fine. But when I think, oh, we should just leave, the person who directs this ministry says, we need to talk to that person. They can get us in. She talks to that person. The prison's on a partial lockdown, and we get in. Any calm inside of me is now gone. But on the outside, I'm like, okay, we're going in. Yeah, ready. Was not ready, but I said I was ready. We make our way across the yard. We enter into this room, and the service had already started because while they might have been waiting for us, they were not waiting for the Holy Spirit, and God was already moving in that place. They were in worship. God was already there. He had already brought the presence down, and we were able to enter into that moment, and it is still one of the most... Um, one of the most powerful times in my faith. Sometimes, you know, you have those moments where you can look back and say, wow, God was really doing something there. This was one of those times where I can point and say, you know what, God grew me in that moment. Because as those guys were singing, they started singing the song, Praise You in the Storm. And they were singing the song, Praise You in the Storm. And, and while that happened, the verse, First uh, Peter 5, 7 popped into my mind, cast all your cares and worries upon God because he cares for you. And I had some cares and worries in that moment, and I was carrying them with me. But then I look at the guys who are just singing, I'll praise you in the storm, and I'll lift my hands. You are who you are, no matter where I am. 
And I'm like, guys, you are in prison right now. But it felt like a church service. They were not convicts. They were Christians, and they were worshiping and praising. And that showed me, man, I'm holding on to these things here, and these guys are just going before God saying, it's all you. But in my life, I was just trying to grab whatever I could. I'm like, God, don't you care that I'm stepping into this moment right now? And God's like, hey, I got something for you. And it was an anointed moment. How often do we forget that God cares about us? Maybe today you just need to hear that you have a God who cares about you. That you are known by God, you are loved by God. It's not what you can do for him. It's who you are in him. He cares for you. When we go back to Mark chapter 4, in verses 39 and 40, it says this, When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. And then he asked them, why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? Do you still not have faith? Do you still have no faith in me? I mean, these were guys that were just with him all day, hearing him teach, learning about the secrets of the kingdom of God. They experienced miracles that he'd done, and he's like, guys, really? But the disciples, they were so focused on the storm. And we see that, that right away, Jesus wakes up, and then the Bible says, instantly, suddenly, right away. The storm didn't have to finish its waves. Like, they weren't waiting for the wind to stop blowing down from the cliffs. Right away, it stops. Peace came over the wind and the waves. And I mean, that's what the disciples wanted, right? They got their request. Because they were so focused on the storm. But you got to think here, as Jesus says that, we look at this story like the most important conversation is Jesus talking to the wind and the waves. Jesus doesn't see it that way. In fact, it's probably like Jesus gets up, his disciples are panicking, he's like, okay, wind, waves, stop! Guys, really? You're afraid? Do, do you not have faith? Yes, that conversation with the wind and the waves is so important because our God controls the wind and the waves. But at the same time, Jesus is like, my friends, you know me. You're learning more about me. I know this is still early on in our friendship, but still, do you know who I really am? Where is your faith? Some other translations say. Where is your faith? He asks his disciples. Where is your faith? Because a lot of times when storms happen, we put a lot of faith in ourselves. We live in a society that loves control. Anyone here uh, have control issues? I'll be the first to put my hand in the air. That when things are going on, I'll be like, what can I I do about it. So we get in our boats and we grab our oars and we see the storm right in front of us and instead 
we say, let's go, God. Okay, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to keep rowing. And I know that there's some relationship issues right now, but you know what? I'm just going to work harder at it. And I know that there's some, there's some tension with me and my kids, and I'm just going to try to fight through and do what I can. And God, work is not going well, and I am not getting paid as much as I need to get by, but I'm just going to keep going, and I'm going to keep rowing, and the storm keeps going on around us, and there's waves, and there's wind, and we just keep pushing through, and we lose someone in our lives, and we're like, God, I wasn't ready for that yet. And we just keep pushing, and we keep rowing, and we say, God, where? are you? Because we are so focused on the storm that's in front of us. And we forget about the Savior that's still in the boat with us. We are so focused on the storm that is facing right here, and we don't remember that Jesus is in the back of the boat waiting for us to say, God, I trust you in this. God, I know you're here with me. And sometimes in these storms in our lives, we just need to say, God, help me to remember that you are here with me. I think of the, uh, the hymn, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Not turn your eyes to the storm and see what you can do about it. But turn your eyes upon Jesus. And those things of earth, yeah, they'll start disappearing because where do we put our focus? We turn to the one who can control the storm instead of us just trying to control the little things we can in a situation. In our lives, we need to remember that Jesus is the one that can calm the storm. We aren't. We try to control. Jesus can calm. How are we turning to him and saying, I'm not going to focus what's, what's going on in front of me, this storm, this mess right here. I'm going to remember that Jesus is with me in this. And sometimes, I think in our, in our world today, um, when we can't control something or when we feel like we, we don't do something the right way, we get embarrassed. And sometimes we go to God and we put our emotions, how we think he's going to feel, we impart that on God. My kids right now are three and a half and two, and it is a fun age. There is so much going on. Um, and they've got two totally different personalities, too. My two-year-old, she is wild. Like, not a care in the world, fearless. She'll just go for it. But Lincoln, he is such a sweetheart. I mean, don't get me wrong, he gets in trouble. But he is still a sweetheart. And last summer, my in-laws got a pool. This was not the first time my kids had gone swimming before, but now we started going swimming on a regular basis. And I'm like, you know what? Let's have some fun. Let's teach the kids how to jump in. So, so what we would do is we'd get the kids ready at the end of the pool, and I'd swim into the deep end. And I'm like, hey, jump into me. And Avery, no problem. She would beat me in the deep end sometimes. And I'm like, okay, I got to get there quick. She would already jump in. But then with Lincoln, I'd be like, hey, bud, jump in. Come on. He'd stand on the edge and I'd be like, Lincoln, I'm right here. Let me catch you. And he's up there and he's got a kind of a smile on his face, but he's not quite sure. 
I mean, he saw his sister do it, but he's, he's not ready to jump in yet. And I'm down here, I'm like, come on, buddy, it's going to be fun, I promise. Just, just jump right to me, my arms are right here. And he just has this bit of, of, of worry to him. There's still that little bit of unknown. Now, when I'm down in the pool, I'm not yelling, Lincoln, you need to jump right now. Lincoln, you're really missing out on fun. This is so much fun, right? I'm not doing that to him. But I don't want him to miss out on the joy of what I have for him. And I'm right there catching him. I'm right there whenever he wants to jump with my arms open, ready to celebrate. Dude, you did it. I am so proud of you. Let's do it again if you want. Let's do it again. And sometimes we look at this story and we look at the disciples and we put this picture of Jesus where he is condemning them. Why don't you have faith in me yet? Why don't you believe in me? And we put that condemning, that condemnation in Jesus' voice when maybe he's saying, guys, why are you afraid? Guys, I can control the wind. I can control all this. And you know what? Just have faith in me. I know we're still getting to know each other. I know there's a whole lot more that you're going to see. But still, even now, look what I've done. Look what I've already been able to do. Just, Just get to know me, who I am. Have faith in me. God cares so much about us that he wants us to trust him in those moments. It reminds me that we are not alone in our storms. When we look in the book of uh, of Philippians chapter 4, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. This is a peace sandwich right here. As we talk about peace today, we see peace right in the middle of it. But there's some things before and there's some things behind that we need to unpack a little bit. Well, that first part when we first read these verses, it talks about how we need to pray and thank God. We do a great job on the the first part. Sometimes we're like, hey God, I'm going through the storm right now. Help me. God, I'm going through this situation in my marriage. God, I give it to you. Jesus, I need you to bring reconciliation in a way that only you can. And then it says and thank him. God, I know you showed up in storms in my life in the past. I thank you for the ways that you have been faithful in all of that, and I know you'll continue to be faithful whether I get out of the storm the way I'm thinking or whether you've got a different plan or a different direction. God, I trust you in all of this. Thank him. Then it mentions that peace, that peace that brings stillness in the storm, the peace that our soul needs. But what's the last piece of that? It ends it by saying, he'll guard your hearts and minds, big part, as you live in Christ Jesus. 
Not as you live in whatever you can control. Not as you live in your finances or your family or whatever you think you've got to get you through this storm. This is you saying, God, I give this to you. You take the oars. God, I give you control. I want to live in you. And when we do that, then we learn what it means when this overwhelming peace happens. In our hearts, in our minds, we know that God has it. When we live in Christ Jesus, that's when we learn to experience this peace. There's one verse in this passage uh, to finish it up, and it says, Then the disciples were absolutely terrified. Makes sense. Who is this man? They asked each other, even the winds and the waves obey him. I wonder what the rest of that boat ride was like. Because the next verse goes into chapter 5, and then Jesus is getting back to work. He's casting out demons. He is ready to go. But they asked themselves, who is this man? Even the winds and waves obey him. And then it just jumps to the next part. It says, yeah, they got to the land. What was going through their minds? Maybe there were rumblings, you know, between some of the disciples. I mean, there's been other guys that have claimed to be Messiah, but didn't end up working out. Or, or, or these, these guys are, are going around saying they're magicians or, or teachers, but now we have this guy? Jesus? I mean, we saw what he just did. That is bigger than anything. Who is this guy? The last thing we need to remember is this. We need to remember who Jesus is. Remember who exactly is in the boat with us. That we have the definition of peace with us. One thing we kind of glanced over in this was the fact that Jesus was sleeping. That when he was in the back of the boat, we see Jesus in his nice little cushion, and then they just wake him up and everything happens. But there's something about the fact that Jesus was asleep. In fact, some... Theologian, uh, theologians and scholars would say that Jesus sleeping was giving us the perfect model of what it means to have absolute peace. That by Jesus sleeping, he was showing what it meant to live in peace. The theologian Charles Spurgeon says it this way, what is God's peace? It is the unruffled serenity of the infinitely happy God and the internal composure of an absolutely well-contended God, meaning that no matter how crazy the storm is in your life, no matter what fear and anxiety you might have of the unknown, you have a God who is constant and unshakable and present in the midst of your storms. That no matter what storm you are going through, God is there with you. Not only is he there with you, he is ready to say, do you trust me to be these things in your life? Do you give me the oars? Let's do this together. We need to remember that we are not alone in our storms. And we need to stop focusing on the storms in front of us 
and start remembering who is in the boat with us. To close today, um, I mentioned that song, Praise You in the Storm. I want to use that as a reflective song. In this next little bit, uh, when the worship team comes out and, and sings this song, whatever posture you need to take in this, go for it. If you just need to sit and remember, do it. If you need to stand and worship, go for it. If you need to come down front and just give God the oars, say, God, you're in control of this boat, you do it. Whatever position you need to take. But I want us to, once again, remember a few things. One, remember that Jesus gives us the destination. Stop trying to navigate your own ship. Maybe you just need to take this time and listen and say, okay, God, I've been so focused on the wind and the waves and that's what I've been hearing. Or God, I've been listening to my own voice. I just need to listen to you and see where you're trying to lead me. Take this time and just remember who gives you your destination. Maybe you just need to remember that that he is the one who gives the destination. Maybe in your life you have never said, okay, God, I want you to give me a place to go. God, I want to follow you. Maybe today is your time to say, God, I need to follow you for the very first time. Amen. And if you want to have a conversation like that, I'll be up here. Some people from our prayer team, come have a conversation with us. We want to walk you through that. Maybe you just need to remember that God cares about you for so long. Religion has been everything that you need to do, this, that, this, this. And God says, hey, I love you for you, not just what you do. That I care about you. Maybe you need to remember that God is there with you, that in those storms, you are so focused on what is right in front of you, you forget that God is there with you. And you just need to remember his presence. Or maybe you just need to remember who Jesus is. Jesus is peace. Yes, he gives us peace, but when we experience the peace of Jesus, we get to live into it. Our hearts and minds get to be guarded in Christ Jesus. Remember who he is. Father, as we come to you right now, knowing that everyone in this room might be in a different place in our sailing right now. Some of us are sailing with you and there are smooth waters and some of us are sailing and we see a storm coming up. God, some of us are in the storm right now. And Lord, some, some of us have seen you guide us out of it. Whatever boat we might be in right now, we just say, Lord, we need you. We love you and we thank you, God. We pray that in these storms of life, we turn our gaze upon you, not on the winds and the waves, but Lord, the one who controls and created the winds and the waves. God, we trust that you are in the boat leading us, guiding us, Lord, and showing us what it means to have peace. God, as we close today, may we just learn what it means to love you and be led by you more.
and we will praise you in every storm. Amen.